Blog Talk Radio. Hello and hello world out there. This is Helena Margareta, Helena Steiner Holstein, the lady with so many names. And you have now tuned in to our wondrous world. This world so full of wonders. And yes, also so full of love. Much, much more than you imagine. When I look at today's title, where it says, true love or fake love, how do you know the difference? God, you know, why did I pick that title? I think I picked it only because it's Valentine's Day when I record this show. And of course, I wanted to have something about love. But there's so much more to say about love. Because we don't really know what love is. Love can be so many things for so many different people and for different cultures. Good Lord, it's so different. And for old and young, for man and woman, that's another chapter. Man and women feel differently. They look at love in different ways, usually. And for, and for animals and people. Animals have love too, and we don't understand that. So there is love out there. There's love everywhere. But it's different. And love is also depending on how you're feeling that particular day. You know, it's one thing to be in love and to love. And you look at old and young people. You have the old couple. They have had a long life together. They've gone through childhood and trouble, maybe life and death in different ways. They don't talk much to each other, but they have this love, this understanding between them, a kind of a comfort zone that they trust each other and they respect each other. And they usually say, well, I need to ask my husband or I need to ask my wife first. There is this kind of old-fashioned respect between them. And young love, how different that is. I think about when I was 12 years old. and went I don't know what, what grade or age. But um, we, had, uh, we got a new teacher. The other teacher, I don't remember why, but maybe she, she was going to have a baby or something like that. So she was not going to work anymore. And um, this new teacher came. And he was so gorgeous. I fell in love the moment I saw him. I was so attracted to him. I was not the only one, not the only girl in in the class to be attracted to him. So this is a different form of love. Again, you are attracted. And we were 12, we girls. He was 27, we found out. And now we all read that that age sat and planned, well, we're 12 and he's 27, so that's 15 years between. Well, that's okay, we can still get married. I had no idea, I've forgotten that 12-year-old girls were thinking that way. But of course, you have feelings already at that time. So what I'm saying with this, we react like so strongly when we are younger. And I have friends 
uh, and they had a son. And he was in his teens, in his latter teens. And he found out that his girlfriend had gone out with someone else. And this was in Sweden. And, and, you know, all the nights are kind of full of sunshine all through the night. And people go out and dance. And they they just are out in the night. They don't go to bed, particularly when you're young. Or you go boating or whatever. But he took it so dramatically that he went to her house. And, of course, she was not home. And maybe she must have been alone in the house and the parents were away or something like that because he went to her house, sat on the house steps. He had brought a gun from, you know, a, a rifle, you know, to shoot animals with for hunting. And he sat there and waited for her and waited for her. And when she came back and he saw her walking up the road towards the house, he took out his gun and shot himself. Is that a good idea? And so he was so passionately in love with this girl that he didn't even think clearly. And that is what this passion can do to us. It can just change our mindsets, our minds, our brains, which is not, you know, a, a good idea at all. And it's just, but it's good to know that this can happen. And now scientifically also, MRI have shown that the same area that lights up when you are on drugs as when you're filled with this intense passion and lust and attraction, this physical attraction, you you just are like intoxicated. You don't see reality of the real situation. So you have this part in your brain that kind of gets affected with drugs and the same area in the brain gets affected with this strong passion. And I say this, it's not good for you to fall in love. Of course it's good for you. If you're sick, it makes you well. It literally does make you well. And it makes you happy and your your skin clears up. And There are lots of good things for being in love. But once you get that feeling of, oh, you know, I'm in love, I'm in love, and everything is now my way, and you start to trust this man or woman that you are in love with, and you turn into this strong, passionate person. And that can be dangerous. You know, you cannot do, you, you don't make sense anymore. And I say it, of course, with a little smile when I tell people, don't fall in love, it's not good for you. <laughs> but of course, the full love is loving. And once you have been together a little bit more and you get to know each other a little bit more, and you go deeper in your relationship and you want to, you have that feeling that you want to share your life with this person and you do things for each other. And you have this comfort zone in your relationship. That is a totally different thing. And I will call that true love. And I will call this actually being in love fake love in a way that is 
no such thing as fake love because they're still feeling. But how do we make this logical? Because love isn't logical. There is doesn't make sense at all how we can fall in love with totally the wrong people. So uh, love happens, and it can happen to anyone. And today on Valentine's Day, someone gave me a, a present, and there was a book by someone called Hoda Kotke. If you're outside the United States, you don't know who that is. But she is uh, someone on our Today morning show, NBC morning show, and she's very, very popular. And she wrote a book. And uh, she took day by day. And now I looked up Valentine's Day, what she says about Valentine's Day. And she mentions that Valentine's Day for her was never good. She didn't like Valentine's Day. She called it this day. It was a horrible day for her. Everyone else got balloons and flowers and chocolates and were invited out for dinner, and she wasn't. So she didn't associate well with Valentine's. But, you know, she said something about, so for you who has a crap day, because you're not being sent flowers and so on, she says, we are all holding your hand. And I can say that too. I'm holding your hand. If you're not celebrated, I didn't get any flowers. Sometimes I get flowers for Valentine, and I haven't today. I don't know who would send it to me actually today, but I got the book. <laughs> Isn't that nice? So, and I hope I get some good wishes in the mail also from someone. And it's pity that all these things have turned commercial, that you kind of expect to receive a card because they advertise all those Valentine's things that you have to do. And I know someone um, close to me, a a woman who, uh, I mean, close to me physically, she's a neighbor, and she said she's going to invite her husband for dinner at home. And she told me how she was going to decorate the table with all red, pink and red, And she was going to have all those goodies. And she was going to color the rice red. You know, how far can you go? Show your love and light to the person you love. You don't have to wear the red shoes and the red matching dress and 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 kind of color your rice pudding red, you know. Everything is okay. And guys are so simple. I mean it lovingly. Men are more uncomplicated. They don't look at those little troubles you have taken with by coloring their rice red or that you put all those little rose leaves, you know, uh, those petals all over the table. But again, someone might be very romantic and look at that too. So again, it's very, very hard to say what is right and what is wrong. But my main point is don't work yourself out that everything has to be perfect for the perfect dinner. All that he wants or she wants is to have a good time together and good food. As I said, men are complicated. They want, you know, good food. 
They love food. It's sometimes number one or number two or number three on their list, just as is sex, also number one or number two, number three, or what they like doing. If it's their work or their hobby, it could be number one or number two or number three in their life. Amazing. <laughs> so have a fun time and don't care if you burnt the rice and it's brown instead of red. <laughs> Make life easy. And I noticed that in my own marriages. In my first marriage, oh, I tried so hard and I cooked, you know, and it had to, to be the perfect dinner and I didn't understand shortcuts. I just knew the final, how the final dish was supposed to look like and I didn't know one could just do it in a different way. And I, I learned with time and my husband said, don't kill yourself with this. I just love you. I love to eat with you. That's all that it takes. So we have a little misunderstanding that we have to work ourselves out to just please someone. It's enough to say nice things. It's lovely to have quality time together, to touch each other lovingly. Just a little, you know, pat on the head or shoulders or something like with feelings. Is picked up. That is love. And what we are striving after is this unconditional love. What is unconditional love? Well, it's love not setting any conditions. And I have told this story many times about the guy who went to a fortune teller. And the fortune teller said, you are going to marry a blonde. But, and he said, but I'm dating a brown head, you know, a brunette. Shall I leave her? And the fortune teller kept to say, well, all I feel you're going to marry a blonde. And he was upset about it and almost saw reason for finding something wrong with his brunette partner or brunette fiancé. And he didn't. So she just decided, I'm not going to care about the fortune teller. Test. I'm going to marry her anyway. And the date for the wedding came up, and he didn't see her for a few days. And there, on the day of the wedding, in front of the altar, she suddenly stood in front of him, and she was blonde. She had colored her hair. And that's why you should follow your heart all the time. Don't listen to a fortune teller. Yes, the fortune teller was right. But she didn't say, oh, it's your brunette fiancé who's going to change hair color. So that's why how you feel about someone comes first. And don't care what your family says. If your family says, oh, you must not marry her. I was going to marry someone once. And uh, we uh, and before the wedding, she said, "Oh, let's wait. My mother wants us to wait." She said that I have to be absolutely sure that you are right for me. And I said, "But you told me I'm right for you, and you have said many times you feel we are so right for each other." She said, "Yeah, but my mom said this. Do you know 
I walked out of him. I, this was not the man I wanted to have for my future. I said, you're never going to listen to me. You're always going to listen to your mom. And I had someone uh, ask me just a few days ago, and she said something. What was that? Uh, she said, oh, wait, I'm dating someone who always puts his family first before me. What should I do about that? Whatever we're going to do, he always comes out on my family. I have to see my family and this and that. It's all right if you have had children and you have small children and you have to take care of your children and the children, you know, to have small children and you're single mom or dad, for instance, it's very hard. If those people he calls family are small children, yes. Not if they're over 18. Then there's something wrong with it if he puts them first at all times. And there's something wrong with him also if he keeps on putting his family always before you. If you have a serious relationship, you should respect your family. But you know, each one of us leaves the family to start our own family. But how can you do that if you have a mother-in-law or you have a family-in-law who runs your life? And how if you have a husband who puts them first? So again, all this is to look at the case individually. And that is what I told her also. She never told me anything about who the family was and how many people or if it was just a mother or a sister or whatever it could have been. But it's very worth checking into because in so many good marriages, have those stepchildren who, who take over your life. And you have to settle that before you get married. That's my way of expressing it. And also with the family, with the mother-in-law. If you have a man who just listens to his mom and with a mom who always takes over. I had, and this was another marriage where my, I was married to the German then. My mother-in-law wanted to come with us on the honeymoon. And he was a little worried, like all German men, I think they kind of respect their mothers in a way. And uh, he he just, oh, mom wants to come with us. How, how shall I do about that? She'll get mad with me forever, you know. She will never be there for in the future. And I said, well, choose. And he chose me, you know. <laughs> and he chose a honeymoon with me, of course. That was the only way of doing it. And that mother-in-law was a pain in the neck to me ever since that time because I wouldn't allow. And I said to him also, see, that we both felt that way. Not only he, but I was very strong on that also, that this was our time together. So if you truly love someone, go along with that person and respect that the wishes uh, that that person you love have, you know, express your love in so many ways. And men are funny. Women can say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Men have little trouble. Not all men, I mean, 
lots of men who say, I love you, I love you, God. And they, in a way, almost put ownership in that I love you. And they feel sometimes, oh, you should be very flattered that I love you. <laughs> you know, I've seen that too. But then there are those men who dare not say, I love you. And I'm sure that women out there right now who kind of don't understand why the men in your life will not say that they love you. And I can just hear how some of you are just agreeing in that. What is it for those men? Well, to say I love you for many is a commitment. It's like they feel that they're offering themselves to you. They give their life away to you. That is how many men feel. And they're afraid that they give away too much of themselves. So that they are very vulnerable. So don't expect him to, to, to say that. I know that I have asked men also, why don't you say I love you? And I know my American husband said, well, I pay your bill, don't I? And so that is fine enough. <laughs> and I heard this from a lot of men talk about lives and and and, uh, and said said well I pay all her bills without complaint and that is a big sign that I love her, you know. Like, 
favorite pet or your child. So I'm sorry I hear some voices, but I think there's some Spanish gardeners outside my window. So if you heard any voices, so again, lamp. And we are going to do a little lamp meditation in a few minutes. And I any more questions that is regarding today that came in um, and when I hear this so much how shall I find someone to love I get that probably all the time if not every day several times a week how do you find someone and I had one woman uh, who uh, she said, my son, thought she was a little more mature and she had uh, children were a little bit more grown. And they wanted her to find someone because uh, they said would be better for them, I think. And she went on probably 155 dates through, you know, Match.com, I think. And she met all those men. And she judged everyone. She had been married to their father before who had died. And now all these new guys she met, they didn't measure up to the way her husband had been. Don't compare and don't compare people with each other. Don't judge people that way. Once talked to a man. And he showed me his computer. On his computer, he had a list of all the women he was going out with. And they had a column of her qualities. You know, if she was intelligent, she had a sense of humor, if she had good boobs, you know. He went on the whole scale. I got so angry with him. And I said, you will never find anyone to love the way you are measuring it up. You can find a car that way. I don't think you even find a dog that way because there's something much more than just the looks and the qualities that you see in one single date. So he had made it his, his mission. He said, yes, but I cannot make all those mistakes. You know, I've been married many times and all these affairs that I have, I don't want to continue to do that. And I said, of course. You look for the wrong qualities. Look at your columns. Start to see how you can please this woman. How can make how can you you make this woman feel happier and better about herself? All you do is to see what you are getting out of it. And that's what we do. What can I get out of this? Well, now I might feel that way because I come to the point I really don't feel I need anyone anymore in my life. And I feel that from a lot of women who have, you know, come to more mature age. We don't want to have any children anymore. We have what we need. And if a man comes into my life, he's someone who will improve my life. And of course, I would like to improve his also. And that is what the life, love relationship is about. That you feel good about each other. You want to share things. 
It's very, very special to share things. I'm thinking about, you know, this friend or this person that I saw, I saw his computer with all those columns and, and, and how he, he rated women he'd been out with. And it reminds me of a story that we probably all have heard, but it's so typical. And uh, it, it, it's like two women talking to each other. So I said, well, one said to the other, if you need a good man, you know, you need to have a man who can make you laugh. You need a man who's good looking and makes really good conversation. You want a man who likes pets. You want a man who likes your children as well. You want a man who can cook. And you want a man who's really good for marriage. Now, make sure that those five men never meet. So what I'm saying with all this, yes, sometimes some people need a different person for all those different things. But you can find all that in one person if you stop judging. Then you will just grow into seeing what they are standing for of what qualities they have. So I think that should be a pretty good message for Valentine. So um, um, let's see what else. Yeah, you, this thing that you want to share things, you want to introduce each other to each other's families and uh, see what, who they are and what interests they have and so on. And when you love someone, you like to not only share things, you want to give things. You want to do things for this other person. Always when you see something, I wonder if he likes that, I wonder if she likes that. That's a typical sign that you really love someone. If someone never gives you anything, either I feel he or she doesn't love you, or they feel insecure about giving, that is very, very possible, and you have to find that out. It's very likely that some people you have been with and they haven't given you any presents, they feel embarrassed about it. They feel insecure about giving you the right thing. Men, by the way, don't always like stuff. They like services. They like happenings. They like you to take them on a on a boat ride or something like that, or on on a on a, on a helicopter ride, or I would say on a plane ride. They like things. They like action, not things that way. Whereas women like to things, jewelry, rings, <laughs> all those good things. So um, that is so. Um, and before you get into a relationship with someone, don't have too many secrets between you. But on the other hand, don't tell too many secrets. If you have had affairs with certain people, don't tell them that. You know, sometimes you ruin a good relationship through being too honest. I've seen that too many times that to be too honest doesn't always pay. And then, if you're going to live together, 
I think you should make an agreement, almost like a signed contract, that if, or shall I say, when you have a fight or a disagreement, make sure that you make peace before you go to bed. Or if you are so mad with each other that you just couldn't do that, do it the next morning. And that is a must for a good relationship because otherwise they would sit there and nag on you and eat on you and kind of not be good for your health. So um, one thing that is kind of fun to do for a couple is to laugh together and laugh like so much that you fall into what someone called, I heard someone say that earlier today, you fall into a laughing hole. You know, you fall into this place of just laughter. And I mentioned that on the air, I think, before, and was myself with my family and how I started to laugh about something that one of the children said. And I laughed and laughed, and I couldn't help it, and everyone started laughing, and we laughed for minutes, and how we felt good after that. And we still talk about that time when we laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> so it's more fun to like about something. And suddenly just burst out in laughter. And she would just say, this is so funny. And then I would laugh also. And it's all gone. So we have to laugh at ourselves at times and our own shortcomings. So when you are depressed, and if you have a Valentine without anyone, so what? Do you know one thing about all this, which is the most important thing that I haven't even mentioned that? It says in the Bible, Love thy neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have to love yourself first. And I can just hear some people out there who are screaming, no, that's selfish. No, we've seen that. Look at the president of of, of a particular country who puts himself first in everything. No, that's not what it is. If you keep on putting yourself First, it means somewhere in you, you have a complex, some kind of inferiority complex. You don't give anymore. You want to just take and take and take away from others. But when you truly, truly love yourself, you also love the world. You love others because so content in your own heart. You feel so confident and loving and full of light in your own heart. You just want to love everyone. Think about that. Then you love the light within you first because that is your true I am energy. So when you love yourself first, Now you are 
ready to love yourself, to, to love someone else. And I taught that to my grandchildren. And I saw that on my uh, grandson's, teenage grandson's Facebook page. And he's been dating a lovely girl for, for quite a while. But he says, if you cannot love yourself, uh, you have to love yourself first. Otherwise, you can't love anyone else or however he formulated it. So you have to love and respect yourself first. And what you respect within you is the love and light within you. And that lives within your heart. That is the number one rule about finding love, being in love, and practicing true love. You have that love light within you. And you tune in to that loving, shiny love light within you. That is the original you. That is the God light within you. And once you connect with that and allow it to shine, it shines well beyond your own feelings and out into the universe to make your world a better world. I thought that sounded pretty nice. And this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein. My homepage is speakingtoyourheart.com. My email is Dr. Helena Info, Dr. Helena, my first name, Info, short for information, at yahoo.com. I also have Gmail addresses, uh, you know, like Activeail, both for, e- for Gmail and AOL. Activeail is the name of the publishing company I run for my books. And I have a wonderful book called The White Light. An Unlimited Reality. The White Light, a limitless reality. Always forget that. A limitless reality. The White Light, the limitless reality. You have so many good bits of information there, you would just be astounded. So, Get it and now read it. Please read it. I know people will buy it until you have it. Well, read it. That's the whole point. You want to be happy. You want to have the knowledge. You want to know what God is, don't you? I'm spiritual. I'm not religious. And I'm very I'm fake. You know, very, very true to my words. Everything in that I have experienced one way or the other. And the wisdom in between is all channeled information directly from the universe. It's real good stuff. Get it. The white light and limitless reality. And the other book, Constant Awakening, that is a book you can give to anyone. Well, you can give it to someone who doesn't like to read books much because it's Read through. You read it in three and a half hours. Straight through. And people usually cannot leave it. They just, it's a page turner. The white light is a little longer, so that is a different thing altogether. 
but to have so much more information in the white light. Now we are going to meditate. And this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein. If you hear music in the background, it's lovely music with permission from Stephen Halpin. Innerpeacemusic.com And I use his music in all of my meditations, wherever they are, because he has it. He got it. He has this connection with the universe for the music. And we make a very good blend, blend together. And now, begin to relax. You close your eyes. And your body begins to relax more and more and more. Your feet, your legs. Relax his power. In through your hips. Into your spine and strengthens your spine. And now, Love and light is beginning to shine throughout your body, through your spine, up into your shoulders, out in your arms, all the way down to your fingertips. And now this energy continues up in your neck and into your head, into your thoughts, into your mind. You feel more and more and more relaxed now. More and more relaxed. And you imagine yourself in a beautiful garden. It's peaceful. The garden belongs to you. You almost hear little notes of music. Coming through everything that grows in the garden. Be more and more relaxed. You are now sitting down on a bench in front of a few flowers in different colors. And right behind the flowers, You see a big, big rock, and it glitters. It seems the rock is a crystal, full of strength. And now you connect with the crystal in your heart. You send love and energy to this crystal in front of you. And immediately, Crystal is returning the light, love and light that you sent to it. And it has now magnified. You feel so strong. You feel so full of love and light. You now stand up. And you walk up to the big crystal. And feel with your hand over the surface of the crystal. As you do, a feeling of love goes through you. A feeling of comfort. A feeling of wellness and joy. 
to imagine those feelings, how strong they are. You begin to feel a kinship with the crystal, a togetherness with the crystal. And as soon as you, as you accept this togetherness with the crystal and all the powers of the crystal, you take a deep, deep breath. And you breathe in this beautiful energy shining towards you. And now you stand with both hands, with the flat inside of your hands on the surface of the crystal. And you begin to feel the pulse of the crystal. You feel it in your heart. And at the same time, you look up in the sky, and this is a blue daytime sky. To your surprise, you notice a star, one big, shiny star up in the sky. The star is sending you messages. You know that because you begin to feel how you heart how your chest area is warming up and you feel more and more positive that, yes, love is in my life already. I love this light within me. And suddenly, the star is opening up and is sending you a big, wide ray of white light. Big, big, wide ray of light is entering your head and your third eye is now rotating, opening up all your love senses, your spiritual senses, your unconditional love senses. You feel so in tune now. So completely in tune. And this big wave of confidence now entered your body and you feel more and more convinced that for you there is a lot of love everywhere around you. In everything that grows and all around you in your life. You begin to experience gratitude for having it. For having so much in your life. And more and more light is coming down over you, like a flow of light. And you feel more and more and more confident 
that this is so. More and more confident. I breathe easily. And now your self is so secure in your belief and in your trust that everything is all in your life. Now welcome all the good changes. A change in your life. A good change. A good change is just opening another door within you. You will feel and see more clearly what is good for you. I am a shiny light that shines within you. You can hear that little voice of love and light talking to you. You're so content. The white light shines within a limitless reality that you can access right now and go beyond your limitations that you had before. Just open up all those in the rooms within you and move forward. Yes, move forward and forward and forward. And know that you love that light within you and you are allowing that light within you to shine. Yes, you are a person who has now found her comfort zone. It lives within you. And that is loving oneself. I'm so content now with the one that you are. You are ready to move on and explore those many dimensions of love and light within you. And you tell yourself, I love you. You have you, your physical you, and you have you, the mental you, and you have you, the spiritual you, and you have you, the higher self, You see how many dimensions you have? Isn't that wonderful? And it's all there for you. You are so grateful. And you are from now on going to be faithful to that higher self, that shiny higher self within you. You will have conversations with yourself. It's kind of self-talk. And you will see new angles of your consciousness. You feel an affection for you and for those in your family. 
and you are happy to show them your affection. Because when you give from your heart, you give to the universe. And the universe is going to reward you. So whoever you have the intention of giving, you still give from your heart. And you know within your your heart, you also have this absolutely unlimited universe. And now you are on the right road to love and light in your life. And now slowly, slowly, you are going to be for You feel secure and you feel so connected with this universe of unlimited love. One, two, three. The light shines within you, around you, and above you. All of you. One, two, three, four, five. You love the light. You trust the light. You allow the light to shine. One, two, three, four, five, six. And now, number seven, you open your eyes again and stretch your body and feel grateful for this time together. Know who you are. You are truly a child of the light. You truly, truly are. Allow that light within you to shine. It shines within you and it shines within everything that lives. Even if it is just a flower, it still has some light in it. Everything that is alive has some form of light in it. Now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and begin to live a good day with love and light in your mind. Thank you so very much for being with me today. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein talking to you from Florida. And uh, if you want to connect with me one way or the other, go to my homepage, read my book, and get information how you find me there too. 
vår e-mail is drdrhelena.yahoo.com. It was great being with you today. And have a wonderful, good Valentine's Day. It means also the day of the heart. Enjoy it. Thank you so very much, all of you. Bye.